3: What does college blogging, witches, and a frozen landscape have in common? You'll find out today on Express Yourself with our topic of becoming a journalist. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Young Duan.
0: And I'm Caitlin Darrow. We have a terrific lineup of guests today, starting out with the coolest blogger in college media, Kimmy Beklarov. Plus, a former award-winning journalist who is a New York Times best-selling author of both young adult and adult novels, Melissa de la Cruz. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity.
3: And after we've interviewed our special guest, Caitlin and I will talk about our own experiences in being reporters and journalists and about what we've learned from being hosts of Express Yourself. And we have a quick announcement. Our 10th annual Be the Star You Are essay contest has launched again with a theme of what it means to be an American. The essay competition is open to all ages and abilities. Prizes include money, books, and radio interviews, so enter today. Go to StarStyleRadio.com and click on Events. Now,
0: when we think of journalists, we immediately think of major news media, both in print and on TV. But there are up-and-coming journalists who are still in school. Kimi Veklarov is a sophomore Berkeley, majoring in economics. This last semester, she wrote a blog for UC Berkeley's newspaper, The Daily Californian. The blog was called, The Coolest Blog in College Media by College Media Matters, which is an official partner of the Associated Collegiate Press.
3: In addition to writing, Kimmy is also very involved with the LGBTQ community in Berkeley. Each week in her blog, she she would find a piece of bathroom wall graffiti from somewhere on campus and write about it. The blog was called Murmurs from the Bathroom Wall. So please welcome Kimmy to express yourself. Hi, Kimmy.
0: Hi there. How are you? Very, very good. We're very excited to have you on. And I just really want to know, where did the idea for the blog come from? Because it's definitely a unique concept that I haven't really heard of before.
4: (laughs) Well, I think it really just came from, um, you know, (laughs) when you're on campus, and you're using the bathroom, and you see all this uh, graffiti everywhere, you really start thinking about it. And you start thinking about all the ideas that come with it. And you start thinking, maybe those ideas are worth unpacking. And I don't know, I think it's such an interesting microcosm of so many different human experiences that something of that nature is so worth writing about that I just couldn't, you know? Definitely. Yeah. definitely. and how do you
3: relate graffiti to larger ideas that impacted the campus community as a whole?
4: Um, well, I'm trying to remember back. Um, so I would write pieces that ranged from, like, uh, I remember there was this one bathroom in a library where everyone um, would write about anarchy. It was like the anarchist bathroom. And so I sort of related that to, you know, political factions at UC Berkeley and, um, and sort of like how the anonymous conversations related to ones that were having out loud all the time.
0: Oh, wow. That's really, really interesting hearing about the comparisons. Now, I want to know if it was challenging sticking with your theme of bathroom wall graffiti. Did you ever feel limited?
4: It definitely was. I, I think, um, you know, I, when I was coming up with the idea for the blog, um, I really wanted to do something active, something where it's like I have to go out and find some sort of idea, like uncover something um, in sort of like a fun way, I guess. Um, and so there was always the problem of uh, custodians would, you know, wipe down the graffiti. And there was several points in the semester where I just could no longer find bathroom wall graffiti. So I actually wrote about um, this idea of like janitorial cleansing and like what that means. So it worked out, I guess.
3: And do you think that graffiti is unethical? I know my mom, who grew up in a different generation, always scowls upon finding graffiti in Berkeley or like San Francisco? You
4: know, it's a, it's a really good question. I think, um, I think that certainly graffiti is a way of It's a means of expression and, um, and whether or not that violates laws, whether or not that's protected by our first amendment rights, you know, it's very, it's a sticky question, but I think that, um, in my eyes it is ethical in my eyes it's um you know if done properly um if someone you know if you come home tonight and you see that your front house has been graffitied by vandals you know you're not really gonna like that but I think that there's like a time and a place for it and I think it can be really powerful so um so yeah it's sort of a mixed bag I would say
0: Yeah, I actually do agree with that. I definitely think that it's a type of art and that it can send a message um, if done correctly. But do you think that there is something particular that you do when you get writer's block? Going back to that idea where you said that you feel a little bit limited sometimes when you only have to write about um, graffiti and bathroom walls. Mm -hmm. What do you do if you have writer's block?
4: Yeah, I mean... Gosh, it's something I think everyone is always trying to address if you're writing or you too as journalists. I'm sure you both know, but um, I think it's sort of a matter of, it's kind of like you have to try all your options. Sometimes it's a matter of like sitting down, being extremely disciplined, just writing whatever you possibly can that comes to mind and sort of like fixing it up later. Other times it's a matter of like, going out and taking a breath of fresh air and getting coffee or something like that to distract yourself and maybe hopefully the ideas will come later but i think writer's block is um is always a struggle especially for um you know budding writers college journalists all of us you know
3: yeah and another question would be what do you as a writer for the college paper think is unique about writing for the college versus an actual newspaper or a local newspaper, like, what's something unique about a college newspaper?
4: Mm -hmm. I think um, it's definitely a matter of looking at who your audience is, so, so, you know, I don't think it's so much a matter of, like, reputation or scale because uh, so many newspapers have so much different value um, for the audience, though, so... Yeah, the newspaper I wrote for was the daily California UC Berkeley's independent student newspaper. And so we were mostly respond, we were, you know, held accountable for our readers, which were mainly students and then also Berkeley residents and residents in like the surrounding Alameda County. So yeah. if you're writing for, you know, a national newspaper, um, your audience is going to be all Americans. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, you definitely have to change like your stories, um, to accommodate that. Okay, now
0: I want to know what is the most helpful critique you've ever received from an editor or a friend? Because I know that me and Youngju, as aspiring <laughs> journalists, we are always looking for advice and critique. So, what's something that you've been told that could maybe help us?
4: Okay, well, this. is um, So, I'm thinking of stuff my editors have told me. A lot of times, my editors have cut sort of like fun, flu, you know, like the extra fluff that really never needed to be there, but stuff that I was just like desperately hanging on to because I thought it was funny (laughs) or cutesy or whatever. And honestly, I feel like a lot of times once it was cut, it made the piece a lot stronger. And so I actually heard um, there was a film, um, Joss Whedon, who's a film Writer, producer, he's done everything. He did like Buffy the Vampire, Slayer, so he did The Avengers. And I remember one time he um, he was being interviewed about like what's one tip he could give to writers and he said, Cut your favorite part. And it's <laughs> totally true. Like a lot of times when you cut out your favorite scene from like a screenplay or you cut out your favorite line from an essay and just like see how the piece stands without it, sometimes it can be more powerful. It's kind of counterintuitive.
3: And um I write for my own student newspaper for high school, but one of our former staff writers went off to college and she writes for her school college newspaper and she said the deadlines were a lot stricter and how it's a lot more rigorous being part of that and what do you think is the hardest part about writing for the college newspaper?
4: Yeah, that's totally true. And I think that's true in basically every single college newspaper. And, you know, once you go out to the quote unquote real world, that gets even more intense, I suppose. I also wrote for my high school newspaper. Mm -hmm. So I remember like we had everything was so much more relaxed. Like it only came out (laughs) once a month sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Whereas like, you know, at the Daily Cal now as a news reporter, I'll get assigned a story the night before and then I have the next day to write it and that ends up being, you know, just in a couple hours. And so I have to get all my sources. I have to get all my interviews done literally in less than like a, I don't know, maybe eight hour period. So, so yeah. Um, but you know, it's definitely doable and it makes you a better writer having those deadlines. It makes you able to be more concise and more to the point, I would say.
3: So thank you so much, Kimmy, for your bathroom graffiti slash daily Californian info and it's a really great idea to interpret what's written on the walls and you guys can all visit Kimmy's blog at d- www.dailycal.org slash author slash k that's V E K L I'm Young Juwon and I'm Caitlin
0: Darrow stay with us for a conversation with an award winning journalist and best selling author coming up next you're listening to Express Yourself On the Voice America Kids radio network.
1: The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. When you're 12 years old, it seems as if nobody understands what you go through. You're not quite a teenager yet, but you're definitely not a little kid anymore. Tune in to Life at 12 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences. And because of this, they have the know-how to get you through 12 and on to 13 and beyond. It's a tough point in your life right now. Get the advice you need on Life at 12, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel.
2: Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids.
0: We didn't invent kid talk. We perfected it. And at a very
3: young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids.
0: Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Caitlin Darrell. We're talking about how to become a journalist today.
3: I'm Yang Juwak. Last year, critically acclaimed and award-winning novelist for teens and adults, Melissa DeLa Cruz, came on our program to talk about being the author of Blue Blood series, with three million copies in print right now, the a series, the Ashley series, and more. She has just books this season, which we'll discuss in the next segment. But in this segment, she'll share her journey as a journalist.
0: Melissa grew up in the Philippines before moving to San Francisco, California, she attended Columbia University, where she majored in history and English. Her journalistic accomplishments include being a fashion and beauty editor, writing for the news outlets like New York Times, Marie Claire, Glamour, Cosmetology, Allure, the San Francisco Chronicle, McSweeney's, Teen Vogue, Cosmo Girl, and Seventeen.
3: She has also appeared as an expert of fashion, trends, and fame for CNN, E! and Fox News, and has been a twa- been Oh yes, twice on Star Style, Be The Star You Are Radio. We are happy she's with us today. Welcome back, Melissa, to Express Yourself.
0: Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be here. <laughs> of course. Melissa, since this segment is really all about becoming a journalist, can you tell us about how you became a journalist
5: yourself? Sure. Uh, it was kind of, um, you know, it wasn't planned because I always wanted to write books and I wanted to write novels. But when I was uh Uh, going out when I got an agent to uh, to represent my first novel and we sent it uh, out wide to a few publishers. There was one editor who took an interest in me and he actually said uh, he was not going to buy my novel, but he wanted to encourage me to become a journalist so I could get my name out there and to show that I could write professionally. And uh, he suggested I write for small newspapers and magazines. And I started out by writing for a small uh, a local uh, paper that was actually free called the New York Press. And they were looking for young writers and they were open to uh, new voices and, uh, and I sent them an essay and they published it. And from there I started writing for other uh, newspapers and then you know, um, kind of worked my way up to the magazines. And to becoming, you know, kind of a regular contributor. So you kind of start out small, um, and I think it's really important to, you know, uh, you know, kind of learn how to be a professional. Uh, I know these days a lot of people do their own blogs or their own Tumblr, you know, which is also a great kind of new way to, you know, break into the profession by showing that you do it, you know, even if you don't get paid. Um, but then, you know, once you start writing for, you know, kind of bigger companies and bigger papers you know it just kinda shows that you can you know you can do it as a job and not just as a hobby
3: and how difficult was it to start writing for these major newspapers and magazines compared to like local or individually started things like
5: vlogs uh... well it is quite you know it's a really hard profession to get your foot in and uh... And uh, I would say that, you know, you just got to keep trying. You have to uh, think of something that, you know, the editors, you know, are interested in that somebody hasn't written before. So (laughs) it's about pitching. Uh, And uh, you just have to learn how to pitch really well. And I think that's, you know, by, you know, keeping track of the culture and being abreast of things. I mean, obviously, you can start your own anything. So, (laughs) (laughs) See, <laughs> but you know to actually get paid for it by by a company is it, pretty difficult. So I would say persistence is 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 a big part of it. I would get a lot of rejection uh, from people who you know weren't interested in my first idea, but you know suddenly became interested in my thirtieth. You know, and once somebody starts publishing you, everybody else starts paying attention, uh, and so you just really need one person to really like your writing because after you've kind of been vetted you know, everybody else kind of, you know, feels comfortable <laughs> hiring you. And <laughs> enough that the New York Press really was a place that was open to new voices. And my editor there, John Strasbaugh, was just somebody, you know, who just liked, if he liked something, he liked it. And he didn't care that you weren't published before. And I think there are still a lot of editors out there like that. You just have to find them.
0: Now, what did you do exactly as a fashion and beauty editor? Because I am a complete girly girl, and I would just think that that would be such a fun job. So what was
5: it like? It was pretty fun. It, you know, uh, working magazines is really, it's not a job. It, it is a lot of fun. Uh, it is work, uh, and, uh, and we take it really seriously. And when I was at Allure, um, we would have, you know, the shampoo meeting, the lipstick meeting, And you had to really uh, be really interested in in those kinds of things. But it was also really fun because, you know, we would get all the new products and we would test them out. Um, But, you know, you really had to kind of know the industry really well and know what was good about a product so that we would, you know, be able to um, recommend it. You know, so uh, it's kind of a good thing to... Uh, go into if you're really interested in those things anyway already, so you have like a encyclopedic knowledge of <laughs> makeup, uh, and and I'm sure they would be really excited to have you. I was a feature writer and I was a beauty editor, so uh, so I did a lot of the cosmetics, um, and uh, and you know I'd have to say after a while I was a little tired of it because I did want to write books, and uh, although I found writing headlines really fun, you know, <laughs> with a lot of Puns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am the feature
3: editor for my student newspaper, and so feature is probably my favorite thing. But of all the news media networks and magazines that you've worked for, what was your favorite?
5: What was my favorite? You know, I really enjoyed my several years writing for Marie Claire, <laughs> and uh, Marie Claire in the 90s had a really good uh, sense of humor. And I did a lot of stories that were really funny. I did a story where I crashed my husband's bachelor party dressing. <gasps> man, and uh and that was really it was really funny. And then I did I would do stuff like uh, you know, find um, you know, I don't know if I can talk about this on the radio. It was a little wrong. <laughs> but, you know, they were really fun assignments and our editor had a really great sense of humor. And I just thought we were doing, oh, one of the assignments I was able to do that I can talk about is uh, I have to become famous in two weeks uh, with a friend of mine. It was a contest to see who could get on TV, who could get on um, columns, who could get, you know, treated like a celebrity. So for those two weeks, I had uh, Anna Wintour's hair and makeup person do my. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I had like a big celebrity party. (sighs) Oh, that's so fun. And, yeah, and I met a lot of, it was really fun. I was in Page Six. I was on, (laughs) I think I was on MTV. Wow. Yeah, no, it it was really fun. So we were doing a lot of really fun things uh, when I was at the magazine.
3: And how did you get started with all these fashion magazines and Mary Claire? Did you have an editor that helped you work your way up, or how did that work?
5: Uh, I finally, when I wrote for all those small newspapers, with those clips, I was able to sell my first novel, Called That's Meow, which was actually set in the fashion industry. So, when my novel was published, that's when uh, the major magazines were interested in hiring me. And that's when I wrote for Harper's Bazaar and Marie Claire and Cosmo and Glamour and all those guys.
0: Wow. That's so impressive. Now, you said that you always wanted to write books. So, what made you want to write young adult books in particular?
5: You know, it's funny talking to kids because I feel like I'm a kid myself, and then I meet (laughs) kids, and I'm like, oh no, I'm old. (laughs) Uh, And uh, my editor, actually, after I wrote Cats Meow, suggested that I write for teenagers. She thought I would have a good voice. And so I wrote the au pairs, and I just fell in love with it. I really, I kind of realized that's what I'm really good at. So uh, that's what I ended up, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, specializing in. So, you know, um, and it was the time when Gossip Girl had just come out, Sisterhood of the Traveling. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, so it was early.
3: Yeah, I still love Gossip Girl. But was it a big transition to go from journalist to book author?
5: Uh, Not really, because I was writing books uh, on the side all the time. I had written three novels. Two of them were not published. And I was writing books at the same time as I was writing uh, my magazine articles.
3: Thanks you so much, Melissa, for all this great info. We want you to hang on as we want to delve into more about your books and how you got writing in our next segment. To find out more about Melissa de la Cruz, go to www.melissa-delacruz.com. I'm Young Juwan,
0: And I'm Caitlin Darrow. Visit us at expressyourselfteenradio.com and check us out on Tumblr at btsyaradio.tumblr.com.
1: Years old, it seems as if nobody understands what you go through. You're not quite a teenager yet, but you're definitely not a little kid anymore. Tune in to Life at 12 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know how to get you through 12 and on to 13 and beyond. It's a tough point in your life right now. Get the advice you need on Life at 12, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel.
2: Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, Toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea, and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly. Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids.
3: We didn't invent kid talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Young Juwan.
0: And I'm Kate Darrow.
3: We are discussing
0: what it takes to become a journalist on this episode of Express Yourself. Our special guest is a former journalist and a current New York Times bestselling author of numerous books.
3: Melissa De La Cruz has just released two new books, Winds of the Salem, which is the third book in the Witches of East End series, and in collaboration with her husband, the young adult fantasy novel Frozen. Thanks for staying with us, Melissa. Thank you.
0: In our last segment, you talked about making the transition to book writing. So did you ever expect to hit the New York Times bestseller list? And what was it like when
5: you did? I think every author hopes to hit the New York Times bestseller list, but I don't think anybody really expects it. Uh, I think that kind of happens when the books start taking off and then everybody expects it. You know, not just you, but your publisher (laughs) And then that's when the pressure is really on. But I think the first time you don't really, you know, expect to do anything. I mean, you're just kind of happy that the books sell. It was definitely, it was really exciting. I mean, it was, uh, you know, next to selling my first novel, I would say it was another, uh, you know, kind of accomplishment, you know, hitting another, uh, you know, goal. So it was really, really awesome. I was on tour Because you're usually on tour when when the news hits, promoting your book. And uh, and I got the call, and my editor had sent champagne. and, (laughs) And we went and we did our event, and we had this big party. So it was a really wonderful, wonderful thing. And so for this
3: book, Frozen, you did something really different. You and your husband, Michael Johnston, have actually collaborated on several books, but also on Frozen. And it's the first one to have both of your names on the cover, right? Yes, it is. So can you tell us more about working with your husband?
5: Sure. Uh, Mike and I kind of work unofficially on our books, uh, you know, for the past 10 years. So, uh, you know, Blue Bloods, I think we finally figured out what our collaboration was. And, you know, with Blue Bloods, he was helping me realize my vision. And Mike's working on a book now that won't have my name on it, (laughs) helping him with it. So I'm kind of helping him realize his vision for that book. But frozen was really a, a, something that was a collaborative vision. It was a book that we both uh, we both were really kind of equally, uh, you know, a partner on, and not just kind of helping the other, you know, work on the characters or the plot. Like we both had a, a had a really definite uh, idea for the story, so it was really fun. It, it was really um, it was a really fun, uh, you know, uh, working relationship. And uh, we worked on it for about five years. At one point, it was a book that I was going to write. At one point, it was a graphic novel that Mike was going to draw and write. So I think that's why it kind of ended up both of our babies. Because At one point, it was just ours alone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that is really, really exciting that you were able to work together and publish this together. So where did you come up with the
5: idea originally for Frozen. Uh I think you know it came from a couple of things. Uh we are both big fantasy and science fiction uh readers and we'd always wanted to write a, a you know a, definitely a big sci-fi fantasy epic that kind of combined you know a gritty uh post-apocalyptic science fiction world with characters from epic fantasy. So so we kind of thought about you know how how would we make elves cool? <laughs> thought uh you know maybe by dropping them in this devastated landscape you know and giving them a really gritty uh realistic uh you know kind of hard world to uh to work in their magic so so it kind of came from that it's definitely a tribute to Piers Anthony and uh Isaac Asimov and you know a lot of and Dune so a lot of the books that we loved as teenagers
3: and do you spend a lot of time talking with teens or young adults to get a feel for what they're interested
5: in uh, that's so funny. That's such a good question. Not at all. <laughs> really. I mean, I really think that, you know, for us, we're the kids, you know, just <laughs> that we're interested in. And uh, and I think, you know, when you write for teenagers, you kind of remain a teenager yourself. So I don't really, we don't do any market research. We, I think we just feel lucky that what we're interested in, teens are interested in. Yeah. You know, so I, I just don't think that we've ever really grown up. Probably.
3: <laughs> yeah, usually it sounds a lot like scripted if people do market research.
5: Yeah, that, that just seems kind of icky to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it definitely seems to be working with what you're doing right now. Um, now, your Witches of East End series has actually recently become a lifetime TV series. So what was it like to see your characters actually come to life on the screen?
5: It was awesome. I mean, it was really, really fantastic. I have to say, I've, I've been incredibly lucky. Uh, I had a really pleasant ride. I chose Urban uh, Stuff to produce it. He was the head of my management company, and he'd made I Am Legend and Constantine. Wow! And I, you know, I really liked him, and he picked the showrunner, and then the that network picked the. He also picked the producer, uh, Fox Twenty One. The ladies who produce us also did Homeland, which is another show that I love. So I kind of felt like I was in really good hands uh, from the beginning. And it was just really easy. And Lifetime just seemed like the perfect fit for the book. And they actually wanted the book from the beginning. They came to us. We didn't even have to pitch them. That. So that's why I just kind of everything magically fell into place. And then when I saw the cast. With Jenna and Julia and Rachel, I just, I mean, they looked like a family and, and mm-hmm. like my characters. I i mean, it was just really, it was one of the highlights of my life, I would say. <laughs> and is it different writing books and writing a screenplay or a script? Uh, yes, and I, I did not write the script. <laughs> <laughs> I I, uh, I liked the script. I liked what Maggie did with it. And, uh, and I had never really wanted to write screenplays and mm. stuff something that I feel like my writing talent was uh, <laughs> toward. I, I like writing books. <laughs> now,
0: do you think that being a journalist and an editor has played a part in helping you be successful
5: as an author? Yeah, I think so. I think being a journalist lets you uh, talk to people, <laughs> it kind of gets you out of your shell a little bit. I mean, I really, you know, when you're you're writing books, you're kind of just in your head and mostly alone. But when I was a reporter for, how long was I? But nine years, you know. I mean, it forced me to go out into the world and to be able to ask questions. And I think that's a really, it's a really good thing if you're going to be an author to to you know meet as many people as you can.
3: Yeah, and I have a little random question, but I know Sarah Shepard, with her Pretty Little liar series, she makes little cameos from time to time, so are you interested in playing a part in the TV series, or do you like staying as the producer? How will that work for
5: you? Yeah, I would love to be in it. I have, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a... Uh... I don't think I'm quite ready for my close-up yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little unforgiving. But, yeah, I would love to do it. I just didn't uh, i didn't have time this year. But hopefully, uh, you know, next season or the season after.
0: Have you been able to actually go and visit on set?
5: Uh, yes. It was really oh, fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was fun. It was cool. And it uh, kind of uh, reminded me that I like my job and, you know, I mean, you got to watch them do the same uh, shoot over and over again, and uh, and it was interesting. But then, you know, you get kind of tired of it. And people, are <laughs> and you know, and and uh, and it, it was fun. I like visiting the set. I like seeing the actors, but you know, it's not really what I do all the time. So, it, so it's yeah. nice, it's like a little vacation.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Melissa. It's such an honor to get to you about your books and journalism experiences. You can read more about Melissa at MelissaDeLaCruz.com, which is M-E-L-I-S-S-A-D-E-L-A-C-R-U-Z.com or follow her on Twitter at Twitter.com slash cruz. I'm Caitlin Darrow.
3: And I'm Young Juan. During the break, visit our com- creative community at btsya.com. Stay with us for our final segment as Caitlin and I chat about our interests and goals in journalism. Hey, wonder if one day we'll be best-selling authors, too. Only time will tell. Express Yourself Teen Radio will be right back.
0: Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
1: Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Looking for an on air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves.
0: Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Caitlin Darrow.
3: And I'm Young Juwan. It's been a fascinating episode of Express Yourself with our special guests sharing their experiences and expertise on the topic of journalism. Now, Caitlin and I also want to talk about what we've learned in the last year and a half. I began on Express Yourself as a reporter and moved in the hosting seat when our beloved host, Stephen Zhao, went off for college. And it's been (laughs) such an awesome experience to be on the radio every Thursday or every week and just to be able to talk about any topic with a bunch of really talented people who are interested in all sorts of things, from current events to social media to cooking. And I just love being on the air. It was a huge dream of mine to get published and it's so awesome that our producer Cynthia Bryan coordinates the teen scene with our local newspaper and so I was able to be published that first time about a year, two years ago and so now I've been published around six, seven times and I also write for the student newspaper which is a really wonderful experience, and I definitely look to all the other experiences that I'm looking forward to in college and the future. So what about you, Caitlin? (laughs) Yeah, I actually kind of took the same path as you.
0: I started on the radio as a reporter here about a year ago, and then I moved up as host, which was, of course, very, very exciting, Mm -hmm. and I've been doing that ever since, uh, and really, it's just such an amazing experience because I don't think I would have ever, ever imagined yeah. myself hosting a teen radio show. So being able to do this every week and every time that I'm able to, it's really, really exciting and something that I look forward to. Um, in addition to that, I'm actually in the midst of starting a school newspaper at my oh, school. Oh, good. Yeah, which school
3: newspapers. A lot of work, <laughs> but they're so much fun.
0: Yeah, it's really unfortunate that my school doesn't have one. We used to, and then it ended up closing right before I got into high Aww. school. So, this has been a year long effort ever since sophomore year. Wow. A couple of students, we all are really, really interested and passionate about yeah. journalism. So, we've been trying to start it, and it's been a little bit challenging, but I know that once we have our first little segment, our first radio, uh, first <laughs> newspaper uh go out it's going to be really really exciting and just um yeah. journalism in general we're all really really excited about our school does not have a radio program or yeah. a tv our program school at our is school is
3: looking to and like we started our broadcast program this year Oh, wow yeah and so we have a small little broadcast team that makes like weekly news reports which is really cool the changing face of journalism yeah i think that
0: we want to start that as well we'd like Good. to have a broadcast Part of two, but I guess really we just want to start with the newspaper first and then
3: hopefully move up. It's definitely good to like make small steps and then work your way up. Yeah, and especially since we're
0: juniors, we still have all of this year and all of senior year to hopefully get this up off the ground. So that's currently what I'm looking forward to doing this year. And then also, in addition to my up and coming journalist experience, I also blog for various websites like HuffPost Teen volunteer Nation and also Teen Diaries. So you see that repetitive teen yeah. It's a lot of different teenage, teenage <laughs> websites. And yeah. It's really, really exciting because I, I get to blog and write about things that affect <laughs> me and things that affect my peers. So that's been a really, really awesome experience. And with each of those media outlets, I have deadlines and I have to work with an editor and pitch mm-hmm. my article ideas. So it's been really beneficial and I've learned so much from it.
3: Yeah, definitely. I have I started my own personal blog like it's been a year and a couple months now, but I also write for a couple different blogs and one recently that I've started writing for is this like college admissions blogging, like what really goes oh. on during the college process. So it's really fascinating to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, and I think what's really cool about journalism and blogging and all of these different types of media is that we can write about so many different topics yeah. and it's really endless. Like, for example, with HuffPost Teen and Teen Diaries, I can talk about, I know last week I wrote an article about the world of YouTube vloggers because <laughs> I feel like nowadays a lot of teenagers are watching that instead yeah, of
3: G. YouTube is very popular.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I got to write a really cool article about that. And then with Volunteen Nation, it's a lot of, volunteering related articles so yeah i, I think, think that <laughs> yeah of course so i think that it just goes to show that that's really one of my favorite things about journalism is that it can be really varied and different and you're not just sitting in like a cubicle all day yeah. i think that's really why the career um really interests Definitely. me
3: Yeah, I feel like a lot of people like when they imagine they're like five to nine job, they're sitting at a desk like typing away. But then journalism is so it's so dynamic. Like you go out to find stories and like you report right there on the spot, and you don't really have a well, you do have deadlines, but there's no schedule of like what's gonna happen. So it's really a fascinating job with a really fast beat. (laughs)
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Every single moment, something could happen. Yeah, Which definitely. is a little, I think it's probably one of the most stressful careers. I know before just trying to get an article in on time, yeah. typing away my little fingers is like yeah. the deadline's like 20 minutes away. But um, it's been really, really fun. And I think that's just the excitement of it.
3: Yeah, I definitely know. Like, my school, like, some of us who are interested in writing monthly columns, we have a whole month to write a column. But somehow an idea only comes to me the day before it's due. Uh I'm seriously typing away. I feel like that's something all journalists experience.
0: Yes, yes. It's definitely something that I think we can all relate to. Yeah. Uh, which is really, really exciting about <laughs> it. And then I think that, again, just going off of the what I was saying earlier about how there's so many different things to write about. I also like the different um, aspect of traveling with journalism. definitely. I think oh, definitely. that a lot of different journalists gets travel. And
3: that's yeah. a really, really cool part of the career as well that I would definitely Yeah, it's definitely do. one of the aspects of journalism that is really, really Unique to that field. Mm -hmm. Now, are you more interested in cast
0: journalism or written journalism, Young Jill?
3: Uh, Oh, I I like both. Like I love doing the radio program, but I also do love sticking to my for the newspaper and like columns. And so I'm not sure yet what I like more. But it's definitely a learning experience. I don't like being on camera that much, which (laughs) is sort of a like a deterrence from. Going into broadcast, but perhaps I'll become more comfortable one day.
0: Yeah, and I think it's more of just with experience. Yeah, the more that you do it, and because I never did video reports or anything until very, very recently, working with a website called G County Now, which covers different events around the Gloucester County, New Jersey area, and so I recently got to do that, and I went to a really interesting fossil dig. Right here in South Jersey where all these scientists were digging up fossils. And I got to go and do a little video report. And it was really, really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just goes to show how random some of these stories can be. But it was so interesting and I learned a lot. Um, But I think, again, with the video, um, at first I felt so uncomfortable and awkward with it. But I think that just practice makes perfect. And that's really what I'm discovering. And one of my tips to give to someone that maybe isn't comfortable with video journalism yet.
3: Yeah, so which do you like better?
0: <sighs> That's a really hard one. Um, <laughs> okay. Probably, I really, really like broadcast, and I don't know what it Like, there isn't one specific thing about it that appeals to me more. I mean, of course, I love written as well, but there's just something about broadcast that really, really gets me excited. But yeah. either way, of course, I think journalism in general is such an amazing career.
3: I definitely agree, and... This has been a fun day, really fun talking about something that I love doing, as well as I know Caitlin loves doing. And we hope all of you enjoyed it as much as we did. Tune in to Express Yourself Teen Radio every Tuesday at noon Pacific. For the latest on what's happening with youth, I'm Young Juwan.
0: And I'm Caitlin Darrow. I definitely think that our passion was shining through through today especially in this segment thanks to star style productions be the star you are and Kid star for producing this show thanks to voice america kids crew especially perry damon and bruce solstein and thanks to our guests from across the world and thanks to you our listeners for making us a top rated program up next a track from Kid star album of the month
3: You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. Until next week, remember, speak up and express yourself.
2: Hello, my name is Lindsay Marie from Phoenix, Arizona and host of Bookworm. The kiss of of the month this month is Back in School, Neil Brewer and Friends. Let's listen to Everybody's Somebody Else.
6: I can still recall back when we were kind of small. We paid real close attention to the clock upon the wall. Now, friend, I have to say school was fine for half the day. But after three, my friends and me were often on our way. Because everybody's somebody else when the school bell rang. Bang the keyboards, I was playing three chords Ricky beat the bongos till he made his knuckles real sore. We practiced every night trying to move our fingers right Yeah, the sounds we made were silly But we worked until we really had a thing Because everybody's somebody else When the school bell rings Everybody's somebody else Everybody's somebody else Everybody's somebody else when the school bell rings Well, maybe your custodian, he's a race car driver The secretary, she's a deep sea diver The teacher's working on her helicopter flyer Cause everybody's somebody else when the school bell rings And me, we were like you through the school day. We worked pretty hard, but at home we plugged into these amps and cranked them up and let music make us. Everybody's somebody else when the school bell rings Well, maybe your librarian, she dances on the ballroom floor And the principal is managing a hardware store And the cooks are making a fortune selling French imported bling Because everybody's somebody else when the school bell rings See me in this back they day, dreamy, come on, Bell. It's time to free my soul.
2: Cause everybody's
6: somebody else. Everybody's somebody else. Everybody's somebody else when the school bell rings. Everybody's somebody else. Everybody's somebody else. Everybody's somebody else when the school bell rings Everybody's somebody else Everybody's somebody else Everybody's somebody else when the school bell rings Everybody's somebody else Everybody's somebody else Everybody's somebody else when the school bell rings Somebody, you don't see me yeah, in this bad world. All me Come on,
2: Kidstar Emblem of the Month is Back in School by Neil Brewer and Friends. All musical proceeds Neil Brewer and Friends receives are donated to the Harvard Stem Cell Institute to put an end to muscular dystrophy. For more information, go to the Kidstar website www.kidstar.org.